Welcome to Rock and Roll Shinsu Chu, episode number 40. All right, we are over the hill. Um, I am here, <laughs> my name is Gabe Estel, I'm here with my co-hosts, Dennis Levi-Leach and Jonathan Getz. How's it going, guys? It doesn't Great. get any better than this. It doesn't. Yeah. Lordy, lordy, look who's 40. All right, so let's go ahead and uh, and we're, we'll get right into it. Um we're going to talk tonight. Um, a couple of big free agent signings happened in the last couple of days. We're going to talk about those. Uh, also, the unofficial Bonnaroo lineup uh, was leaked a few days ago, and it looks pretty good. So we're going to talk about that as well. And then also we'll remember uh, David Bowie. We would certainly be remiss if we didn't uh, talk about him um, as, you know, we lost – We our last episode we had recorded – um, just, you know, really kind of hours before the news was reported that, uh, that he had passed away. So, uh, so we'll be definitely talking about him and remembering him as well. Um, before we begin, make sure you follow us on Instagram and Twitter at rock in chew. That's rock in chew as in Ian Kennedy. There's an N in his last name, his first name and his last name. <laughs> Sounds like the letter. There you go. Um, so, yeah, you can follow us uh, on Twitter and Instagram at RockInChew. So uh, check it out there, please, and we'll uh, we'll be talking to, to folks there and carrying on the conversation. And, and, fi- and uh, follow the hashtag uh, ChewChat. Yes. Hashtag ChewChat. That's yes. where we'll be talking about stuff throughout the day, it, during the weekdays, during the weekends. Just, you know, we're just chatting, shooting the shit. This, it's usually the stuff that takes place... With our private text, but we decided That's to take right. it public That's because right. we thought people would want to know <laughs> what we're know. talking about. Right? Absolutely. <laughs> um, so we'll go ahead and begin with the couple free agent signings that happened uh, over the last, I guess, probably late last week. Yesterday morning. Yeah. Oh, yes, it was yesterday. They were announced. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Both of them just yesterday. Okay. Seems like it's been longer. Um, but anyway, uh, the Royals signed Ian Kennedy kind of one of the uh, kind of like second tier starting pitchers that was on the market this offseason after some of the bigger names got out of the way. Um, and then the Orioles re-signed uh, Chris Davis, one of the baseball's premier sluggers over the last two, three seasons. Um, one thing I want to mention about Chris Davis, and I, I didn't know this, you know, when I, when I first heard the signing, I was like, you know, man, he's probably one of the few guys – that would be capable of hitting over 40 home runs in this day and age. But I looked at the numbers from last year, mm-hmm. nine guys had 40 or more home runs. Wow. It's ticking days. back up. I know. Yeah. Right. That's what I thought too. I'm like, this looks like an upswing yeah. because uh, you know, for a while there, like it seemed rare that somebody reached 40, like, you yeah. know, when like everybody started cracking down on Roy's, right. you know, oh, yeah. right. it, it seemed like a rarity. Um, and he did get busted, right? Davis. Yeah, he did. Yeah. Didn't he? Yeah, I, don't, I can't remember for what exactly, but he got busted. It was for something. Yeah, I, I, I vaguely remember that. But yeah, yeah, he got suspended, right, for a little yeah. while, didn't he? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Ah. Chris so, Davis. Yeah. Chris Davis. Yeah. Wow, I don't remember that. I'll have to check. Yeah, but he hit forty-seven last year, um, led the league. Uh, I think he led it the year before as well. So he's two years ago. He led, I think. Okay. He led. <coughs> yeah. So obviously, big slugger. Uh, strikes out a lot as well, like most of those guys will. Um, but he just goes back to Baltimore, so it's not necessarily the the sexiest move, you know, because you know he just goes back to 
to where he was playing, but it was a big contract, right? I think it was like seven years he got, something like that. Yeah, seven years. And it's significant because it means that they probably won't have as much money to try to spend on somebody like you on a Cespedes. Right. So it affects the market that way because Cespedes is still looking. Right. Yeah, Cespedes is still out there. Um, And uh, so was Justin Upton as well. Yeah. Uh, a good, a really good player, but kind of inc- an inconsistent one, I think. Um, and then Dexter Fowler. So you still have some uh, outfielders, um, some some kind of difference makers yeah. uh, that are still out there. Um, but yeah, you know, um, talk about Ian Kennedy for a minute, though. Ian Kennedy uh, is how much did Gordon? How, what's Gordon's total salary? For, like his new fund. <laughs> Four years for seventy, I believe. And this is Ian was five years for seventy. Right. Okay. Right. So the Royals really had to open up the checkbook. Quite they did. A bit. I mean, they won the yeah. World Series, so yeah. Obviously, I assume there's a little more coin to kick around, but um, but yeah, man. And then also, you guys had to resign. You had to uh, renegotiate with Kane uh, a couple. Yeah, years. yeah, yeah, yeah. So they signed him to like a two-year extension. Uh, yeah. So sixteen seven. He'll be a free agent after twenty seventeen. Dude, Lorenzo Cain, man, he'll only make like six six and a half million next year. I say only. Yeah. Obviously, when we're talking about baseball, but um, for that guy, that's that's a steal. Yeah. yeah. You know, I mean, if he was any other, like you know, if it was, uh, there's people that are you know half the contributor that he is making making sixteen million a year. You know, right? So, so yeah. yeah. So for the Royals, though, um, you know, the, the kind of consensus around the league seems to be or in the media that, you know, they overpaid a little bit for Kennedy. Um, but the Royals, though, are kind of operating within this sort of two year window because yeah. Kane and all those other guys, as we've talked about on the show before, Hosmer and Moose, they're all, yeah. all going to be free agents after 2017. Yeah. I mean, the Royals are going to lose like two thirds of their starting lineup, you know, in yeah. relatively yeah. soon. So I don't blame them for going out there and making a move like this because it's like hell, you know, might as well, you know, they we want got, to win. We got two years to try to win a couple more and then, yeah. you know, kind of have to, exactly. we have to rethink things. Well, yeah. yeah, I mean, and I, you know, I'm not going to hate on the move that much because they, they want to win. And it's good to see that. I, you know, you don't want to see, too much negativity or too much down. I was like, oh, we won't even be able to compete in 2018. But right, I mean, a, a lot, a lot of the cities, or I shouldn't say a lot of the city. There are fans that are are um, just ready for the rebuild to start in about 2018. Uh, and so, yeah, 16 and 17 are really the focus right now. And you know, it might so they you know they forfeit a first round pick. With this signing, but but it com- I think it was like a twenty. It was low, wasn't it? it was oh like yeah, it was 23rd, like twenty fourth. Yeah, yeah so. so that's not gonna a twenty third yeah, pick yeah. in the draft's not gonna help a team within two years, right? Right. So, um, but I, yeah, I, I think that uh, with with Kennedy, it was it was gonna be like him or Gallardo or um, you know a couple other guys. You know, Mike Leak was out there for a little bit, and and there was a good article on BeyondTheBoxScore.com. Uh, written by Matt Jackson, who he kind of defends the spending and compares uh, <coughs> Ian Kennedy to the other guys that signed big contracts like Zimmerman and Samarja and Chen and Mike Leake and, and shows that it may have been an anomaly with Kennedy's 
home runs last year being so i mean he gave up like 31 home runs last year and in san diego as in well. san diego so, yeah they uh you know the Kaufman is big as well, uh, yeah. and so some of those probably, I think somebody did an overlay, and some of those home runs would have fallen short. Uh, as many as possibly, like seven, eight, or nine of them may have fallen short. That's a big difference. But, you know, we're talking theoretical here. Um, uh, but, uh, so, and and Kennedy can opt out after the second year. He has opt-outs for the third, f- fourth, and fifth years. Year. And, yeah, I mean, the, the worst case scenario is, like, fourth or fifth year you're paying a guy 14 or 15 mil to be like your fifth starter yeah yeah which some teams do that i was going to ask you about the rotation like what what is the royals rotation for next year i assume ventura is at the top ventura edinson volquez uh then then kennedy uh chris medlin chris young danny duffy will all compete they've also got like kyle zimmer in the minors uh, they're hoping that he'll compete. So Kennedy will. They'll. They're hoping for him to be, you know, a third or fourth guy. Yeah. Um, hopefully Medlin can stay healthy and be a third or fourth guy. Uh, Duffy will probably go to the bullpen. Uh, but Chris Young, Kyle Zimmer, yeah, yeah, that's what they're looking at. Still look good, man. I uh, I would. I don't necessarily know if they're going to win the World Series again, but they're they're going to be right up there. You know, yeah. I mean, oh, they're, they're doing their thing for sure. Yeah, and yeah. Kennedy is, you know, that. Um, he he gets you know new coaches to you know reexamine you know what's been going sure. on. Got these coaches who have you know helped Medlin and Chris Young come yeah. back. And and this might be this is probably psychological, um, but you got to be jazzed for going to a team that just won the World <laughs> Series. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, yeah it's not yeah. like he's like oh yeah. shit, I gotta go, gotta go to Tampa Bay or something. And, you know, and like... San Diego was a train wreck last year, even though they had high expectations yeah. going in. So yeah. who knows what your state of mind is if everybody else is just you know shit hitting the fan uh and you know who knows what his mindset is uh when right. he goes out there but it could, you know if, if you got fans if, if you got thirty five thousand uh coming out every night and and really getting into it you know maybe that maybe that'll help your fly ball to home run ratio yeah. didn't he like three years ago like lead the national league in wins yeah like in arizona yeah, yeah he, right. he went 21 and 4 in 2011 Jesus. Uh, and, and I don't think anybody yeah. noticed because it was for the Diamondbacks. Yep. You know, like yep. I saw it and I was like, damn. Yeah. He, and yep. he's been super consistent uh, since he became a starter in 2010. He's pitched, uh, he, he's, he's started 30 plus games every year. Uh, so that helps. That That's that's a, an important deal. You know, the Royals like their, their innings eaters. Yeah, I yeah. don't think it's an awful move. I don't think so either. I mean, at, at seventy million, and, the seventy million is jarring. Yeah, yeah. I mean, but you know, that's not that's not one of these contracts like uh, you know, like Scherzer's or Lester's or yeah, yeah, know, six or seven for hundred and ten million, that. right? Yeah, uh, Jordan Zimmerman's. Um, yeah. yeah, yeah. So, so we'll see. Yeah, yeah. No, I don't think it was a bad move. Um, um. Some of the other, you know, the, the names that are that are left that are out there, um, mainly these three outfielders, Cespedes, Upton, and Fowler. And then I guess what, Gallardo would be the other, like the kind of like yeah. the last kind yeah. of yeah. sort of semi-big name starting yeah. pitcher that's out there. Um, so I, yeah, I don't know. You know, I, the White Sox were, you know, were, were linked to Cespedes, but I don't think they want to give him the years. Um which I guess the White Sox were only willing to go three years, so I you're not going to get much, you know. I mean, you're not going to get like a player. How old is he? Right. 
Cespedes? Yeah. Dude, I can imagine that guy's moved around and been on so many teams. He's like, somebody give me like four or five years. Yeah, he's 30. He's yeah. 30? He'll be yeah. 31 in October. He's looking for his last contract. Yeah. Well, probably. no, he'll get two more. He'll, if he plays into you yeah. know, late 30s, he'll get two more contracts. Uh, but, no, he's looking to take himself into, you know, the late 30s with this yeah. next contract. If, if he hasn't been signed yet, though, I'm saying that, like, he's not going to get, like, an eight-year deal or anything like no, that. No, God, no. You know, he's going to get, like, like five, four, four five at the most. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I don't know where he would go. I'm, like, I don't think we'll get him. Um, I don't know. Maybe back to the Mets. I don't know. Uh, yeah. Um, I'd, I'd have to survey the rest of the league really to see what's going on but yeah yeah i'm sure mlb trade rumors is has uh, a few ideas but i think baltimore is still gonna try to, uh, to get make it. a run for them even though they spent most of their money already um uh but yeah apparently uh the, the braves are also interested um so yeah uh, cespedes has been on He's played for Oakland twice, Toronto twice. Cespedes played in Toronto? That's what it's, I'm... No. Or no, no. No, I'm sorry. Played for Detroit for a little while. It was Oakland, Oakland, and then Boston, then Detroit, then the Mets. And that's all within, like, like he played two years. Within four years, he's played for all those teams. Yeah, Yeah. that's nuts. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, I, yeah, yeah, it, he'll he can make an impact, but um, man, that yeah, that dude uh, goes through laundry like nobody. So right. saying, he's like somebody give me some years. Yeah, Ricky <laughs> Anderson's like slow down, man. Right. <laughs> oh, so we'll see where how it shakes out with the remaining crop. Um, like I Upton is intriguing to me um, because he's always one of those guys that's always younger. You know, like I when I'm like, oh, Justin Upton's got to be like 33. And it turns out like I don't even think he's 30 yet. Really? Yeah. So, um, yeah. Uh, so I, I, you know, I like what he can do. And he's he's one of those guys where it's like it's, it's either like he's like one of the top five players in the league or he's like kind of irrelevant. You know, it's streaky, dude. Been, uh, yeah. Streaky, dude. He's very streaky. He's only 28. Yeah. You know? Yeah. He's been yeah, doing it for a while. Came into the league young. Yeah. yeah. So. Um, all right. So we'll see where he goes. Um, and then one other thing before we move on, um, the other name, even though he's not a free agent, uh, it looks like Carlos Gonzalez is probably going to be traded from Colorado. Yeah. Most yeah. likely. Yeah. Yeah. I, that, that dude, he intrigues me. He could, he could add some serious pop to a lineup. He hit, he hit over 40 home runs last yeah. year. Yeah. Yeah. If he can stay healthy, man. Yeah. I mean, granted, you know, he's, He's had uh, he's had the the most hitter friendly ballpark. He's played, right. you know, right. but but yeah. still, yeah, he's he's a good player. Um, I was surprised yeah. he's I was surprised he's as old as he already is. I'm surprised he's still on the Rockies because the Rockies are yeah. very good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. And they're probably going to lose Reyes, yeah. uh, because oh, of the domestic right. yeah. assault troubles. issues. Yeah, because yeah. um, yeah. that's going to trial, I guess. Oh really? Wow. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know the, the guy in Colorado um, last year that came out of nowhere, Arenado, man. 
I mean, uh, well, yeah, he's been a prospect. I don't think he came out of nowhere, right? right? But I mean, he 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 really broke. he blossomed. I guess yeah, what oh, I'm yeah, trying to yeah. say is he broke through in a big yeah. way. I mean, he hit it's over runs as well, and he's got a hell of a glove. Yeah, and he's he can feel he's kind of the total package. I mean, like, you know, like I I don't play I didn't play fantasy baseball last year, and I probably won't this year. I would imagine he'll be like a high draft pick, like his stock. Yeah, probably. oh yeah, because he's kind of the total package, first or second you know? rounder. Yeah. yeah, 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 definitely. Granted, yeah, they don't really reward defense, but um, yeah, in fantasy, but yeah, yeah, he's a stud. Yeah, he's you know he's he could be one of like in like maybe a year or two. He could be like one of the top five players in the game. I think. Yeah, yeah, you know. Um, so keep an eye on him in Colorado, Levi. I will. <laughs> All right. Sure, yeah. Man. No, he's a stud, man. Well, yeah, I'm definitely yeah. going to be more uh, more into the Colorado baseball this year now that I'm living out here, and it's it'll be kind of fun to have two teams to follow. Yeah, absolutely. Do, do the Cubs only come to town once? Probably. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Usually uh, with the non-division opponents, right. it's One series yeah. here, one series home, one series away. Right. Yeah. yeah, but yeah, I, I mean, if it's on a when I'm not working or something, I'm definitely gonna try and maybe get a ticket for one of the games. Yeah, yeah. I got. I mean, I hate to say it. I guess Cubs tickets at all stadiums this year will probably be hotter commodities. Than I they bet they will be. Inflated prices, yeah. Premium, yeah. premium game prices. I'm sure. And and the Cubs are the Cubs are kind of popular around the country yeah. too. Yeah. You know, they're they're like the Red Sox. You know, like you go anywhere and you'll bump into some Red Sox mm-hmm. fans. Whether or not they even have a, a connection to Boston or not, yeah. you know, I mean, yeah. Yeah. it's just kind of the way it is. They're they're like the Yankees or like or, Notre Dame, you know. It's, it's a little bit different, I think, because of the television, the WGN. Yeah, right. true. people seeing them on WGN. Um, yeah, there's like a local Rocky yeah. Mountain Sports is what airs like most of the Nuggets games and most of the Rockies games mm-hmm. up there. So I'll be able to keep track of it. The last time I was into Colorado Rockies baseball was what nineteen ninety two. I went to a game the inaugural season. No, ninety three. Ninety three. Ninety three. Yeah. yeah. And Eric Young, man. E-Y. I remember the program and like everybody in the crowd was all hyped out about Dante Bichette, who ended yeah, up dude. kind of like he was pretty good. He was all right. He had some yeah. serious years in uh, and, uh, in Colorado. The other guy who never really panned out was David Need. There, oh, were, yeah. there were posters. Wasn't he their number one pick? Said, I, I, I have the need for speed. And he had like the ball with fire on it or whatever. I think he yeah. was the number one pick in the expansion draft. Yeah. David okay. Need. Yeah. They were hyped out about him back in 93. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Um, the 93 Rockies, man. I love like 93, like they went with the most early 90s colors possible for those <laughs> yeah. expansion teams particularly the marlins <laughs> oh yeah you know like they gave the marlins just that, oh my god it like, was that hideous awful. teal you know <laughs> that you you'd see a bunch of like Purple mercury topaz you know yeah. like that, like teal you see pinstripes those. yeah yeah, those yeah. yeah. the color scheme came out of like a sports illustrator for kids <laughs> right. color scheme yeah. right yeah the Rockies doesn't look bad because I mean, the purple's kind of subtle, you know. Like it's it, silver it, and black and white to like tone it down a little bit. It looks okay. Yeah, it doesn't yeah. look bad. They never had full on like solid purples. I don't think did they? Um, they have like a. I think like one of their like their alternate jerseys might, might be, be purple. Yeah, but they have the don't they have a triceratops mascot? <laughs> I don't. I know. think yeah. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, 
really appealing to the kids. <laughs> probably out there, man. The mascot's probably a vaporizer. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> oh, anyway. we, we could do a whole episode on mascots. <laughs> yeah, right. I always wondered how drunk that Brewers guy gets before he goes down the tube slide when they hit home runs. Oh, yeah, that, that mascot probably like it's probably not as happy as we think. We like we meet the Brewers mascot. No. Be like. You gotta be the this gotta be the greatest gig in the world. Nah. He's like, I hate my life. Nah, he gets drunk every <laughs> night after. The work. chorizo gets all the women anyway from the sausage <laughs> right. races. Right. Oh, yeah. like like, the, the chorizo like, George Washington. The Brewers guys like my children don't speak to me. <laughs> uh, We're hating on mascots. We're hating on mascots. Okay. Anyway, so moving on to the world of music, um, the unofficial Bonnaroo lineup um was leaked a few days ago and looks like it's probably going to be confirmed uh this week officially um yeah and you know i want to remind everybody because i think a lot of our content is very timeless in that regard we did a bonnaroo (laughs) episode uh i don't know about a year ago i guess right around the time of bonnaroo i think last year or the year before maybe I can't remember, but anyway, we did like our our Bonnaroo lineups. We picked the headliners of, you know, bands that I don't think they had played it yet. Um, so uh, that was a lot of fun. So check out that episode. We'll we'll post a link to it. Um, you know, when the Bonnaroo lineup gets officially confirmed, so you can revisit that one. Um, but yeah, looking at this one here, it looks like the headliners are going to be uh, the Dead and Company, which is the John Mayer. And the drummers and Bob. everybody but Phil. Yeah, right. Um, <laughs> and then LCD Sound System, uh, a reunion of sorts, I guess. Um, and then Pearl Jam as well. Now Levi saw Pearl Jam at Bonnaroo, right, Levi? Yeah, they were. Two thousand eight. I want to say that was the same year as Metallica. It was like yeah. Metallica one night and Pearl Jam one of the others. Yeah, yeah they were great. Oh, I bet. Hell of a set list, man. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They one of. My friend who I was with, Joe Fru, he's a diehard Pearl Jam fan, like you guys are, you know, has seen him a ton. And he was like, oh, these are songs I've never heard him play and stuff. And he, they, Yeah, they debuted uh, All Night that night, uh, and they first time they did WMA in its entirety. Yeah, it was cool. Yeah. I, I said it during our episode, Bonnaroo brings out the best in performers, man. It really does. And it's interesting because... You can fall into that trap of uh, a greatest hits festival set list. Yeah. But Bonnaroo obviously encourages thinking outside of that. So, yeah. And that's what that's what makes it the best festival, in my opinion. Just yeah. Because that that collaborative. Um, well, then, yeah, they're like playing really the permeates the whole an festival hour to play some other stuff, too. Yeah, you can you can. Yeah, I mean, there's, you know, the sets, they have these late sets and people sit in with other people, you know, and a lot of a lot of it's unlikely, you know, like like I I think four or five years ago, Kirk Hammett or that year that Levi was there, Metallica played Kirk Hammett sat in with my morning jacket, you know? Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, that's great. That's great. Um, So I I like all of that. Sorry here. Somebody is uh, apologize. Somebody is waking up next door uh oh so, yeah <laughs> that's all right but yeah. uh yeah some of the other um uh acts that are supposedly playing kurt vile um uh let's see what else uh, uh i thought third eye blind um is still, is still is, together? 
Is that jumping the shark <laughs> for Bonnaroo? I'm going now. I, I know that Bonnaroo does get unusual acts, and that's you know they they do try to get like everybody. They won't count anybody out. Like sure. didn't like Lionel Richie play last year or something? Yeah. yeah. Or well, did, have they had Counting Crows maybe? Or I, I can't remember. But Third Eye Blind. Yeah. Am I missing something here? I don't know. <laughs> I will say I think Third Eye Blind has a like a lot more of like a culter. Not cold, but right. like they have a I... deeper following. They am uh, I just not hip? I, I I'm just well, no, I just I, I'm not a huge third eye blind guy by any means, but I know they have a pretty good following. I would agree with Levi there. Like they, they have like fa- unlikely fans. Okay, you know it's what like I mean? the fans stick with them. Like they've yeah. like okay. You know how like girls go to their 19th Dave Matthews Band show? Yeah. Still, just even though they're like what they saw in yeah, college right. or whatever, I think that's the the allure of Third Eye Blind for. Her. Okay, all right. Well, right. if somebody else there wants to convince me, shoot me some links. <laughs> I'm 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 always open to being convinced. Yeah. So, but but the rest of the lineup, if you kind of go down the list here, there's there's some other good bands. I tried to pull it a second ago and couldn't get it. Let's see, Blood know? Orange, um, uh, Mavis Staples. That's intriguing. Nice. Lord Huron, Jason mm-hmm. Isbell. Clutch, Clutch would be good. Dungeon is is pretty good. Lamb of God, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I think Lamb of God follows Third Eye Blind. Same. <laughs> that would be fun. Right. Yeah, no, Bonnaroo's great, man. I mean, I um, I you know, I really my uh my sort of camping destination type festival days are behind me, but oh, I'll never it's, go. It's the best. <laughs> um. I mean, just yeah. This the it's, approach. It's the best all around something for everybody type of. Festival. It is, yeah, it is. And yeah. I mean, we've talked about this before. Levi and I went to the first Bonnaroo in two thousand two, and while I had fun, and you know that lineup was a little more indicative and representative of of what I was listening to at the time, or what I was starting to kind of fade out of a little. Or jam bit. bands for sure. Yeah, I, I'm glad the lineup chain i'm glad like they didn't take that approach every year because it just wouldn't be that interesting well there's plenty well, of other festivals yeah. for people to go to if exactly. they want to. exactly yeah. i mean it yeah. would just kind of be an also it would kind of be an also ran if it was just you know with all due respect like widespread and phil lesh yeah. and string cheese headlining it every year you know yeah. i mean um yeah I'm, I'm glad that next year really you know they had neil young and crazy horse they had sonic youth like just that that Right after that, they just like we're going to branch this out, and it worked. And I, and most festivals have kind of adopted the same approach. Yeah, it took a while for the U.S. festivals to take this approach. In Europe, they've been doing it forever with like right. Glastonbury or Isle oh, of yeah. Wight, where yeah. it is really always really diverse. And yeah, but it hadn't. It took a while to get over to the states to do that. Yeah, it's it's a wise move. Yeah. So it, it looks good. You know, there's some others here. I'm forgetting Death Cab for Cutie, Father John Misty. Um, Tame Impala, yeah, Ween. Tame Impala, Ween, yeah, um, yeah, good, good stuff all around. Yeah. So, so yeah, um, I'll be looking forward to reading the reviews certainly. <laughs> um, but yeah, I'll also, like I said, we'll post. You the can list. usually uh, stream some of it for free every they year. Do. Yeah, they, they they give some of their their the the content um, away for free. Yeah, but yeah, we will uh, we'll definitely post a link. Um, to our Bonnaroo episode because I think we had a lot of fun with yeah. that one. Yeah. That was a good one. Um, I particularly think Levi's lineup really killed it, and I mean <laughs> that. Yeah, that's that's uh, he uh, he had some good ones. Um, but anyway, so 
go ahead and uh, you know, like I said, you know, we lost one of the greats um, a few uh, a few well, about a week ago. Uh, with you know, he'd been ill for a while, so I don't necessarily know if it was it was startling, but at the same time, it you know, it he had been sick for for what maybe. A, but years. nobody knew he'd. Be, I don't think anybody knew it was his Bowie, by the way. Um, yeah, David Bowie. Yeah, Bowie. Yes. Yeah. Because like he did a photo shoot just a few days before he passed away. Right. Mm-hmm. And it was for like promotional use and everything. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And you know what? Two albums in the last three years. You know uh, that he, mm-hmm. he put out as well. So he was still mm-hmm. pretty prolific. He was still being creative and still. And it, still according working. to Tony Visconti, that he he was ready to do another one. He wanted yeah. to record another one in the next few months. And and the I don't know if you guys have spun Black Star yet, but it's yeah. really good. Yeah. I mean it's uh it was a nice it yeah. was a nice parting gift on his part. Um, Absolutely. It's, it's uh it's really solid. Now Jonathan here is the only one who has seen David Bowie live because he really, you know, over the last fifteen years or so really hasn't toured much. Uh oh. two thousand four was his last major tour, I think. And that was the tour I saw him on. That was the tour you saw him mm-hmm. on. Yeah. So how was it? Oh, it was great. Uh the uh stereophonics opened up and then it was at the Starlight Theater, which is a great amphitheater here in Kansas City. Uh kind of a smaller amphitheater. A lot older. It's not your run of the mill amp big box amphitheater by any means. And it's uh, in the city too, right? Yeah, it's in the city. It's kind of in Which a I park like. in the city. Uh, yeah, it's next. It's like. right across the street from the zoo, the Kansas City Zoo. Yeah. Uh, and uh, you know the the set list was pretty diverse that night. Uh, obviously, it was it was heavy with um, the reality album. Of, you know, a few cuts from that because that was the tour technically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, had some uh, had some pretty good. Uh, obscure stuff white light white heat he was doing on that tour um uh, station to station was nice i remember uh that was that was a lot of fun um fame was a lot of fun uh played quite a few songs too right i mean yeah yeah 27 songs that night wow uh and geez i mean he touched upon nearly uh a dozen different records there at least yeah yeah a dozen different studio albums and so um this week i i decided i would I started listening to all of his albums from the beginning, uh, you know, 67, 69, Space Oddity in 69, all the way through in sequence. In sequence. Nice. And just because I wanted to hear that evolution that we always all kind of take for granted and, and talk about. And, uh, yeah, it's it's pretty pretty remarkable. And especially considering, like, how, like, heavy metal, relatively speaking at the time, The Man Who Sold the World was. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was, you know, that was a pretty hard rock album. Oh yeah, that guitar riff, man. Oh man, yeah. Oh yeah, I, but that yeah. whole album is is, and that's oh, actually yeah. one of the more jangly songs on that album. Yeah, and... <laughs> he was a risk taker, definitely. Oh no doubt. Yeah, <laughs> or maybe I mean maybe it was all intentional. I, I you know, um, how many risks he was taking? He was just he was just a dude that. He's doing his thing. Doing his thing, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm jealous, man, that I, 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 uh, that you got to see him. I, it's one of those, I, the opportunities were few. Didn't he, like, maybe the late 90s, didn't they, didn't he do a tour with Nine Inch Nails? Yes, he did. It was like 95, and a buddy of mine was talking about it. He, he, he saw him in Texas, and yeah, it was like a co headlining thing, and they would do the segue from the Nine Inch Nails set to the Bowie set. Where people like slowly changed off of um, the stage, 
And so Bowie would come out and and sing like, like on it. Hurt or something. And then awesome. and then it was like a five song segue from the Nails set to uh, to the Bowie set. And and like um, uh, Trent Reznor would play uh, saxophone on some cuts That's on cool. some Bowie cuts. Uh, so it sounds like it was it was pretty cool. Definitely, God. I was alive. I know. I, I know. <laughs> but you know, and you listen to those early, or I should say, mid '90s albums, and totally, you know, industrial angle, sure, uh, yeah, a yeah, lot in common were... with Nine Inch Nails. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 He was. Uh, it, it made sense that they toured together during that time. You Completely. Know? Um, kind of a yeah, innovator in his acolyte, so to speak. So, so what got you guys hooked on him? Well, he was one of the, you know, with, we talked about a little bit about this on the podcast as well. You know, um, even though we kind of dog greatest hits albums, for many classic artists, they are fans' introductions to his Absolutely. early music. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Especially so, for, you know, like 13, 14 year olds. Yeah. yeah. So when I was probably like 15 or so, um, I got Changes Bowie, which is one of the greatest hits. I mean, he's got several, yeah. There's yeah. several yeah. of them. Changes um, one. Change it, yeah. yeah. I got that, and um, you know that's what turned me on. And I, I have to admit, I you know I didn't really get into the albums, you know the the full albums until later on. Um, yeah, I'm the same but, way. Yeah, but uh, you know I uh, I really yeah you know Diamond Dogs like you know the changes one you know the the songs that if you haven't looked at the back of you know if you haven't looked at oh, the yeah. track listing you know the it's all it's all what you would expect to be on it. Yeah. Um, but sure. yeah, you know, it, even I can remember one of my first introductions was probably driving around with you in uh, <laughs> here in Suffragette City. I think that yeah. was one of the first songs I heard by him that stuck with me. Yeah. Uh, yeah and we always know. joked about making a video for that. Do you remember <laughs> yeah. joking about that game? Suff- for Suffragette City. Yeah. Yeah. I don't not I don't recall vividly. No. Yeah, we were gonna do it with. Uh, uh, like a bunch of people in our, you know, in our hometown of Petersburg, Illinois, right. and yeah, yeah, a lot of people were involved. Which just, which just screams Bowie, our <laughs> definitely right. <laughs> right. You know, that was another thing. Um, gosh, you know, I um, some of the stuff that he was doing, like if you look, listen to a song like Fame, that wasn't really in the wheelhouse of things that i would it sounded like it didn't sound like a lot of other things he I challenged us yeah when yeah. i was 15 but i immediately liked it mm-hmm. you know what i mean it's just uh, like it's it, it, so it, he he that's well put he 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 challenged the audience and most of them took the challenge and and loved it you know yeah, I think yeah. upon first listen when you hear david bowie you can sense his authenticity Mm-hmm. Think, oh yeah, I think that's unquestionable from the beginning. Um, he, he had so many phases. One of my favorites was his Thin White Duke phase because oh, yeah. I'm a huge Golden Years fan. I could listen to Golden Years yeah. over and over. Yeah, and that, that's a song that should have a Michael Jackson 10 minute disco mix or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, I I listen to you know, obviously like this. You know, his passing is just everybody's kind of uh revisiting the catalog um i listened to 10 men for the first or i'm sorry 10 machine excuse me mm-hmm. for the first time probably since it came out you know it was yeah. like 1988 89 and it's it's really good yeah like it really you know for you know it's kind of you know when you're getting into the late 80s that can be kind of iffy for... in his, in some of his mid 80s stuff is a little 
Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. Some of his, some of it's better than others, but yeah, t- Tin Machine. If you haven't listened to it in a while, really tight, man. Yeah. I, I guess you know, and it was one of those things. I, I guess it was pretty collaborative. You know, it wasn't. Even though he was in the band, and that's why they got all of the attention that they did. From what I read about the making of that album, it was it was pretty collaborative. You know, like he he didn't want to make it just about him. You know, mm-hmm. he would like it was the desire was to to be a real band with everybody contributing. Well, and I I'm uh, friends online on Facebook and Instagram with Adrian Ballou. Yeah, and he's mentioned in a few different posts that Bowie always put the musicians or the backup singers, they were like right next to him. He was never hmm. like the guy always right in front. He yeah. wanted everybody to be like up, you know, equals with him. Yeah. yeah. And, but, and you know what I mean? He, he knew people were there to see him, but he was willing to not just hog all the spotlight, which I think was cool. Yeah. Oh, and his, the, the bands he would assemble for, Oh yeah. Or, uh, whether his albums or he his tours, he, he basically poached, Adrian Ballou from Frank Zappa. Huh. And and Frank Zappa was I don't know if he ever got over it, but he, he was really mad at Adrian Ballou when it <laughs> happened. It's it was interesting too how he would always uh on a, most of his albums there's a cover of somebody. Uh even in uh in the nineties he covered I Feel Free. Yeah. Um mm. uh he's uh he's done Neil Young covers uh, there's a lot of nods uh, throughout all of his records. Even though he's a perfectly capable songwriter, he he likes to uh, take somebody else's uh, composition and see what he can do with it. What Neil Young songs did he do? I've been waiting for you. Yeah, he mm. he did that on uh, Heathen actually, uh, uh, or is it the one before Heathen? Sorry, no, I'm uh, getting him. Uh, no, it was it was Heathen. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, and they were performing that on that tour. Um, he was doing that on that tour. I saw him on. I didn't see him do it though. Um, and it's it's a more of a loyal cover. It, it doesn't stray too far. It's it's more it's it's a lot more rocking. That's for that's for sure. Because mm-hmm. Neil's version's you know a bit more sparse. Yeah. You, I, if I could jump back once for one second, Levi mentioned Adrian Ballou. Why was Adrian Ballou living in Springfield, Illinois, in the early eighties? I have no idea, but I, really? I have autographed records. Yeah, from you him. didn't know yeah. that. You didn't know that, Getz? Yeah, no, at, at, no. At like he, he's he, not from there. He's from no. Kentucky, but like he lived here or here, I say he lived in Springfield, and he uh, he had a band in Springfield called Gaga. Yeah, right. And uh, really? I have a record that came into Recycled Records one day in a box of records somebody brought in to sell. And it's his copy, uh, his record that came out right around then was called Lone Rhino. Mm-hmm. And it's like him in a field standing next to a rhino. And he autographed it, and he wrote Adrian Ballou, July 1982, and then he wrote Gaga. Huh. huh. But, like, it's just, it's weird. Because, <laughs> I mean, it's weird, obviously, just anybody, you know, like, famous like that living in Springfield. But this was, like, when... This is like after he worked with Bowie. This wasn't like when he was a teenager. Yeah. You know, this was crazy. Like, and, it, and he was he was like going back and forth from Springfield to New York City because he was working with the Talking Heads a little bit too. Yeah. You huh. know, um, it's just I, I I have to look. I have to read. Yeah, that, it that definitely story behind could that. be a cool like little one hour documentary if you could like yeah. assemble some maybe some footage of him playing there. Yeah, because there's not a ton of people in Springfield that 
that I think really even still know about it or because no one ever really talks about it. And you would think they would because he's talking heads, Frank Zappa, David Bowie. You would think there would be a statue of him in Springfield. And for people who don't know, we all grew up just outside of Springfield. Yeah. Illinois. Right. Yes. Yes. Um, one other thing, uh, there's I'm going to post a link to it. Um, Bowie in 1980 uh, lived in Chicago for about a month because mm-hmm. he was in the Elephant Man. Oh yeah, uh, oh, yeah. he was in the play. Rock, yeah. yeah, yeah. And uh, so there's a good article from the Chicago Reader, which I'll post a link to. I'll, I'll tweet it out and put it on Facebook. Um, that's just it's kind of like you know it's just about his month in Chicago. Just you know it's called the time David Bowie called Chicago home. So yeah, in 1980, he did the hmm. Elephant Man in Chicago, and then he did it in Denver too. Yeah, I, I saw that, that he had been in Denver. I, I mm-hmm. thought that was interesting. Yeah, yeah, right. Um, so, so yeah, pretty pretty cool. Um, just kind of interesting. Yeah. Well, and I think Chicago kids, for a month. I say kids of our generation. For men of our generation, I think a lot of us will remember him as the character in Labyrinth. Oh, yeah. Because oh, I think yeah. that, that yeah. could have been a lot of people as a child's introduction game. to him, you know? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. The uh, Goblin game. Absolutely. Dance, magic dance. <laughs> um, yes. uh, and it was heartening to see that uh, 19 of his albums made it into the UK's top 100 this week. Oh, yeah. Well, uh, kind of renews your faith in the world. Sure. Last night on SNL, they, uh, instead of having a music act, they played David Bowie's 1979 performance. Yeah. yeah. He did like three songs in 1979, and so they, they used that as the music last night. Yeah, yeah that's cool. cool. Because they're usually pretty tight. There, there was the- a there was a good um, uh, uh, Vi, uh which is a uh, 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 project, uh, kind of a super group, the National Menomina. Um, uh, they were on Colbert, and they played their their song. But then right after that, they did a cover of Let's Dance, nice. uh, which the network uh, cuts off. <laughs> but you can go online and listen to it in its entirety. And there's a there's a killer tambourine solo in there, so I recommend checking it out. It's good energy. <laughs> it's it's a lot of fun, uh, especially considering this was like that day or the day after they announced yeah. it. So, yeah, the I feel like the death, his passing, which is you know obviously no one wanted to see him go, but it it really kind of gave people pause and I don't know, and somewhere brought people together for a day or two. I think I mean, it did. You know what I mean? Yeah, there was I, it really yeah, did. so many. Oh, yeah. so, it was so universal. You know, it was. It, yeah, so everybody I, had something. I, I, like my like. mom texted me about. Yeah, it. yeah. <laughs> I hate to say it, but he's gonna. He's he's the first in a lot of our heroes. I know. I I never would have thought like he would not outlive Clapton or Keith Richards or Daltrey yeah. or Townsend or yeah. yeah yeah yeah. You do start to worry when all these guys are getting up there. And oh saying, yeah, it's awful. The next decade years. it's gonna be awful. Yeah yeah um, yeah. But no, it was it was cool to to see. Granted, under these circumstances, but it was cool to see everybody kind of come together like that. Yes, we were we were lucky to have him, and oh, yeah. glad he he visited our planet for a few years. We appreciate whatever planet it was that loaned him to us right. for so Absolutely. long. Absolutely, yeah, we were lucky to have him. So um, anyway, uh, that wraps it up for us. I think so. so. Um, you know what? Follow us, please, on Instagram and Twitter. We're going to be tweeting more and uh, posting some cool stuff on Instagram as well. Uh, we do a baseball rock 
birthday every day. So look, be on the lookout for that as well. Um, and uh, yeah, you know, find uh, everything at Rock Chew. Find everything at rockchew.com. The whole rock and roll Shinsu Chew universe is there. Uh, you can find links to the albums and um, bands that we've discussed on the show, as well as some cool baseball stuff, some show your cards episodes where we discuss some of our favorite baseball cards. World famous uh, B-side episodes. B-side episodes are on there as well with some special topics. And um, special so, guests. Yeah, and special guests as well. So, so yeah, hopefully we'll be having some more of those soon, too. Yeah. And uh, we look forward to taking you into 2016. It's going to be fun. Absolutely. All right. On that note, uh, good night, everybody. Peace. Take care.